0: You're listening
1: to opinions and beer. And opinions, opinions and beer. Two guys and another guy will never happen again. Hello and welcome to Opinions and Beer. We're your host, I'm Adam. I'm Tyler. And we've got Giles on the podcast with us. Hello. Today we've got a very special guest. We've got Miss Victoria Gallagher on the podcast. Miss Victoria Gallagher
2: is a hypnotherapist. Am I correct there?
3: I am, yes.
1: <laughs> uh, now, Ms. Victoria Gallagher, this is Opinions and Beer. We uh, For guest episodes, we uh, chat it up and then we do the beer of the day after, but we will be drinking the beers of the day uh, throughout the episode, if that's okay with you.
3: Absolutely, <laughs> go for it.
1: <laughs> but uh, <laughs>
3: I've never, I have to say this is a first for me uh, to be on a podcast that, you know, where, where people are drinking beer and <laughs> I'll be celebrating with, uh, with, my, with my coffee at the same time.
1: <laughs> uh we're kicking things off with anger sharks fruit punch sour uh it has an angry shark on the can right here
3: oh <laughs> but, wow yeah
1: it's a, a sours are usually conditioned on a wild yeast and uh they, they've gotten a lot of experimental with uh sours lately you see this one's like all pink and red looking oh been,
3: my goodness pink a, beer
2: i think you made a grave yeah. mistake adam why that is not a cool shark That is a shark with a suit that is designed to let him come on land. Oh no! (laughs) He is an angry shark, my friend, and he's coming for you. But uh, you ever hear the song "Mermaid Murder"? Uh, Oh yes,
1: yes, I heard that song "Mermaid Murder"
2: by Uh, uh, by uh, Brennan Smalls.
1: Anyways, uh, we've had we've had many of guests on the podcast before. We've never had a hypnotherapist. Or any type of therapist, for that matter. I've never
2: had really any <laughs> occupational people to uh, interview on this show. You
1: know, it's like authors, actors, directors, and now it's like we, we haven't really gotten to uh, occupational type uh, interviews in the before. But um,
3: well, I'm yeah. honored to be the first hypnotherapist, let alone <laughs> occupational.
1: <laughs> now we've had we've had psychics technically on the show. But okay. because we ironically prank call psychics
3: you do ironically ironically
1: because they should see it coming (laughs) it's a a prank
3: call (laughs) that is amazing well i do actually fall into the author category so you've had some authors on the show before
1: oh yes uh uh mr uh sad gad is his name and uh he wrote that the book on Gandhi. He wrote the uh, the uh, naked ambition on Gandhi and stuff, and he was really cool to talk to. Uh,
3: awesome.
1: Yeah, that's probably the main author because everyone else has been musicians. Uh, we've interviewed Rehab, uh, Wednesday Thirteen,
2: Michael Jai White, Michael
1: Jai White, Joe McHale. Uh, so it's been pretty pretty fun stuff. Uh, <laughs>
3: but uh, well, but it, totally it, got it got looks like you guys out. have a really fun. Uh, podcast and and i imagine your audience is very fun oh yeah as well
1: <laughs> oh, and we've got audience questions in the uh later in the later part of this uh chat <laughs> so we we do have audience we uh, we asked we told you know we tell people oh we've got victoria gallagher what should we ask her and and they sent some interesting questions that uh Ooh, <laughs> that we cool. to ask.
3: all right well
1: but uh... <laughs> uh, but before any of that um what what got you into this what got you into hypnotherapy
3: well, that is a really great question and kind of depends on where I start that story from, because, you know, number one, I just was always into self-help. Like I almost pretty much from the time that I left school when I was 18, um, you know, graduated and everything. I, I was like the kid in, that was picked on in school. And so I had a real low self-confidence. And my mom sent me this book called total self-confidence and I read it cover to cover, did all the exercises and everything in there. And they talked a lot about visualization, the power of the mind, self-hypnosis. And, um, you know, and, and, so I, I got my first introduction to it back then. I, and I, I knew that it worked. Um, and then I just kind of fell, you know, into the whole corporate arena and started, I eventually became a stockbroker and um, after, you know, about six years or so of doing that, I started really getting burnt out. So I went to a seminar and during the seminar, it was all, you know, about looking at yourself inwardly and, and I, you know, kind of started getting reacquainted with the whole, uh, meditation hypnosis thing and I just kind of decided I just made this 100 degree 180 degree change and in that in that seminar I just decided that I wanted to help other people whoever you know find their purpose overcome any kind of um, anxiety or stress or any kind of challenges that they were um, you know that that they were Struggling with, and I stumbled upon a hypnotherapy certification course out of just kind of doing my little search on, like, well, how can I help people like this? And immediately, I just fell in love with the whole idea of hypnotherapy and becoming a hypnotherapist. This was back in 1999 when you know not a lot of people were doing that, and I decided I wanted to have like my um, you know, I I wanted to help people in the comfort of their own home where they didn't actually have to go anywhere, but they could just do it. And so I, I created this large website with lots of different, uh, things that I could help people with recordings on, you know, financial abundance, stress management, weight loss, you name it. And eventually it just became like, you know, a huge, huge website with over 500 recordings. And, um, so that was kind of in a nutshell, how, how I got started.
2: Whenever uh, you were learning about um, things like hypnosis and self-help, well, what are some of the, the differences between like what you do and what like some like when we were younger, we had a guy come to our high school and say like, oh, I'm gonna turn you into a chicken and stuff like that. Like, what is the what is like the big difference between like what you do and like what what they do is what they do mostly just like a show. It's like a big. Exactly.
3: Exactly. And so, you know, so what they do is it's actually really complements each other because what they do is they bring awareness to mass amounts of people in the public by doing these, these shows, which are amazing, incredible and show people the power of your mind. But the intention is for pure entertainment. It's not the, the, intention of the show isn't really to, to fix anyone or to, you know, not that we fix people. Um, but it isn't really for, you know, uh, a transformation. It's really just there to kind of show people the incredible power of, of your mind and show people what can happen when you're able to like really tap into your imagination. Um, so what you know what we do is a little bit more transformative and and helpful and <laughs> no,
1: i do want to comment on that on that character on that guy that showed up to our school because he brought some people on and whatever and this one guy is all like don't fight it and he's like smacking them in the head don't fight it you're gonna get a headache
3: <laughs> <And then he's, laughs> and then like, oh my oh, goodness
1: you're, you're fighting it go sit down he was getting angry, <laughs> so I don't know if it was all, if, like, some of it was fake, if you can fight it and get a headache, or this, kid, this guy's punching him in the head. Like, uh, what are your thoughts when, like, when, like does, 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 does some performance arts like that uh, bring any disservice to what
2: you well,
3: do? Well, first of all, yes. Yes and no, it can absolutely do a disservice, especially something like that. I've never in my all my years as a hypnotherapist heard of a hypnotist doing anything quite like to that level. Well yeah, well, cause um,
1: they got to him and they're cause he's like, you know, turn this one person and you know, quack like a chicken or whatever, and then they get to this one guy, he's like, Come on, and he's like trying to do that or whatever to make them like go out or, or something, but he's not he's not doing anything. He's like, no, you're not. You're fighting it. You're fighting it. You're gonna get a headache if you fight it. You're gonna get a headache. It's like you're punching him in the head. That's why he's gonna get a headache. But I'll give it to That's
3: you. That's extremely irresponsible. That I I would I, I would say that guy definitely <laughs> needs to have his own head examined. Yeah, right. he, so you know, right, it, though,
2: Adam. It, the girl at the you, beginning definitely did quack like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry so you know it I mean. can
3: it can so for that very reason when people see things like that and they you know they think it, th- that's probably one of the number one things that we get asked um when people come to us for serious hypnosis is like are you going to make me you know quack like a duck or bark like a dog or you know that kind of thing and you know it, the, the truth is <laughs> you know the truth is it um it does kind of give us a little bit of like you know, people, people are a little skeptical because of what they see. And it's, it's really like, on the the one hand, it shows the power, like people are really drawn in and they say, wow, you know, if if that person could do that, just think about what I could do. But on the other hand, it does make people a little bit skeptical. So, you know, just to address the whole stage hypnosis thing, usually, you know, um, people volunteer number one to go on stage. And so when a person is volunteering that already puts them into a special category of somebody that is a little bit more susceptible to, uh, receiving the suggestions. Then you'll notice that what will happen is the, uh, the stage hypnotist, usually if he gets a big enough group, he, she gets a big enough group, um, then he'll go through a process with them to, that he can visually see if this person is accepting these the suggestions. Like usually it's something where, you know, they'll do the, uh, the, the bucket of sand, um, in one hand and the helium balloons in the other hand. And you can like literally see like, you know, the, 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 sand pail is getting heavier, heavier, and you can literally see that people are doing this, this little motion on stage. And so people that are not responding to that, they get dismissed. And, and they get dismissed because not because they're unable to be hypnotized, but maybe they need a little bit more, you know, coaching they need a little bit more time to get into trance. Um, So they're really looking for people who are going to entertain because it's a show and it's for entertainment. And, and so that what's left are people who are going to, uh, you know, be like the stars of the show and, and they're very susceptible to the suggestions. And when I say susceptible, it just means that, you know, I mean, if you are easily hypnotized, it's actually a really, really good thing because if you can, you know, accept, those kinds of suggestions, then you can also accept suggestions that are going to help you to really change your life and, um, and, you know, make a, make a positive impact and, you know, do anything that, that you want because the power is all, all within you. And my,
2: um, my father, one of his, um, well, like one of his, um, his recent, his most recent girlfriend, she uh, is using uh, hypnotherapy to uh, quit smoking cigarettes. She yes. Goes to, uh, uh, she goes to a hypnotherapist because um, uh, she's trying to get rid of her her cigarette cravings and her desire to smoke.
3: Good. Yeah. How is it working for her? Because it's you know it's amazing for that. That's actually one of the biggest reasons why why people go to you know to to see a hypnotherapist is to uh, quit on un- unwanted habits like that
2: it seems like uh with you know people support like my dad's support and you know her always good it seems like it's working she had she hasn't she always tells me she hasn't smoked in a while and she's very adamant about it
3: Ooh, awesome awesome well kudos to her
2: <clears throat> um as far as also go uh hypnotherapy goes when it comes to like um helping people like through trauma and things like that like uh, like is there is there like a limit or is there like a is there like a certain you know is there like a certain point where you got to say like okay this person like you know like what would it like you know like they're they're way too twack for hypnotherapy they need like i don't know something else you know maybe like a hard uh, you know a harder psychologist to come and medicate them or something is there like a limit or you or- know
3: it's a really really good question because um yeah there is definitely a place where you draw the line um now that that being said hypnosis does work for people who have gone through trauma but when it gets into the psychiatric where somebody literally has been diagnosed with any kind of psychiatric disorders typically we're not um, able to diagnose or treat any kind of mental illness. So when it gets into the mental illness, that's where we, you know, responsibly need to refer somebody out to more like a doctor, because we're not, we're not doctors. What we do is we really like kind of reroute the, uh, neural pathways in the brain and help people to like change habits or change old, you know, help them to have a better relationship with old memories and things like that from the past. So if we can do that for somebody who's experienced trauma, um, we, you know, we, we absolutely can, but it went, you know, when it gets into mental illnesses and, and where things have been diagnosed with, um, you know like a you know by a doctor by a by an actual psychiatrist we can't really deal with that
2: right i mean it, it makes sense like that there would you know there'd be like this threshold of like trying to help someone help themselves but then like there's like something in the way of that like uh something like a schizophrenic or a bipolar yeah, exactly.
3: Right. Exactly. And, and on most hypnotherapists intake forms, you know, the, we'll, we'll ask them that question so that we we don't even, you know, we don't even get them into our office if, if they've been treated with some sort of psychiatric disorder, because, you know, it can, it, we're just not trained, you know, and, and if, if you're just, if you are a hypnotherapist with no doctor background or degree in that, you know, we're just, we're not really trained to, to deal with what comes out of that.
1: Um, how, how effective have you found hypnotherapy to be? And uh, is, is there any cases of like an overnight sensation type of thing? Or do people have to continuously come and get hypnotized and, uh, you know, to change their mindset? Like, how, how does all that work?
3: So typically I have found uh, hypnotherapy to be anywhere from like 80, 90% effective. Um, as far as the amount of time it takes. Yeah. There are some people that can like immediately be transformed, especially if you take them, you know, into a, you know, hypnotherapy session where they release some sort of emotional, Uh, Trauma from the past that has been blocking them. Once they get rid of that, a lot of times they are able to walk away completely changed. Um, That's usually the exception to the rule. Usually when it comes to, I find, you know, usually when it comes to hypnotherapy um, it, it takes repetition. It takes um, but it's, it works much faster than talk therapy, where, you know, somebody is just talking and using only their conscious level of their mind. So when we're able to tap into the subconscious, I mean, you know, it, it, it can happen, you know, much, much more quickly, but usually not like bang overnight.
1: And what's the, what's the, um, I don't want to say the word sigh- I can't think of a better word. What's the science behind, uh, like tapping into somebody's subconscious, Like, what, like, how does that, how does that work?
3: So how it works is, so you, you have two parts of, of your brain. You have your, your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. And it's just, it's well known that um, the conscious mind you know, it deals with certain things like your reason, your logic, your, you know, right here and now, whatever is on the surface. And then below that surface is your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind is ultimately what controls everything else. Your creativity, your intuition, your memory, your long-term memories, every single thing that you've ever experienced in your life is stored there. All of your emotions, all of the like non-logical things that are not on the surface, everything that's below the surface is, is there. So essentially what happens is, um, you know, your brain goes through, uh, you know, it, it goes from the beta waking state. And then when we put somebody into trance, we're ultimately slowing down their brain waves to an alpha or theta state, um, which is very good for uh, being able to, receive new suggestions and, and have them planted into the subconscious mind. And so a lot of it really just kind of has to do with the relationship between, you know, the, the various different uh, brainwave states. And so when you go into what's called a theta state, your mind is just very open, very receptive, and it just allows those suggestions in where if you were just to be walking down the street and trying to tell yourself, it's like, oh, I'm now a non-smoker. You're going to hear this other part of your mind that says, no, I'm not. I, you know, I'm still, still crave cigarettes all day long, but when you allow yourself to visualize and imagine and, and, you know, and, and experience it at the subconscious level, you get agreement with that part of your, your mind, and it just accepts and goes, goes right in. Does that kind of make sense?
1: Yeah. It, it's it's pretty crazy how, how the, how powerful the mind is. It's really you it know, is putting insight crazy. on that.
3: Yeah. yeah
2: when I was younger. Is... I'm, I'm 31, by the way, this were you 30, 30 soon. 30, yeah. And this guy's a little bit younger. So by one year, you know, I'm the oldest um, when I was younger, like I walking down the street, You know, the Internet was a brand new thing. You know, parents wouldn't let you touch the computer. That was expensive. Um, You never really saw uh, like self like self-help, like advertisements telling people that like like uh, emotional self-help therapy, emotional, psychological therapy. These things are important to maintaining yourself. And over the years I've seen it it's hilarious how you know when I was younger, everybody just kind of had this like kick dirt at you, tell you to suck it up sort of mentality about things. you know, uh, you know a man's got to be a man, all that all, the, all I was raising according to a lot of people, I was raised in a very toxically masculine home. and so like um, I've also seen a rise in self-help. And i've also seen a rise in things like uh psychedelics as like healing modalities and things mm-hmm. and things of that nature so like do you view all of that as like a is like a positive change in the way things are going like the fact that more of it and more of it is just like pouring out into the mainstream
3: i think it's absolutely a positive thing and you know i think it's interesting there's a couple of reasons for that i mean one um i think the world is starting to awaken to the whole idea that you really can change your life through these, these positive modalities. And so more and more people are just, you know, jumping on board and wanting to help. And, you know, they change their own life, like the same, same way that I did, uh, you know, 22 years ago when I just had this amazing transformation and I just decided, you know what, I just need everybody else to experience that. So the more people that learn about this, it, you know, it's a very positive thing. It can have a little bit of a negative aspect of it too, because there are those people who take advantage of the situation who are not qualified to help, who just kind of, you know, think, Oh yeah, I'm just going to make some affirmation uh, programs or, I'm going to make my own hypnosis, but they're not qualified. They haven't gone through any training and, um, you know, and, and they can actually put in harmful affirmations and things that could hold you back. So it's just, you know, it just requires a person to be a little bit on the lookout and ask questions to make sure that the the person that they're dealing with is on the up and up and, and and trained and, you know, you can always look at somebody's, um, you know, you can always look at somebody's reviews and, and things like that too, and, and get references and make sure that you're dealing with somebody who is legitimate. And, um, but you know, overall it is very, it is very positive. Um, and I'll also mention just another thing too, cause it's interesting how you mentioned, you know, the environment that you grew up in, uh, wasn't very uh, positive and supportive. Um, and, you know, these days, yes, things are changing, but it, you know, I grew up, uh, or not, you know, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, I grew up with a, with a very supportive, um, mother who, you know, just said, you know, you can do anything. And, and so I was fortunate that way, but because of that environment, it caused me to look and to see what was out there, what was available to me. So I had a little bit of a different experience where i always felt like i was surrounded with this this material and and i only bring that up because it is because of our reticular activating system in our brain that when you have certain beliefs and certain programming and certain environment you're always on the lookout for more information that supports your belief system and so you know before you were even aware that all this stuff was ex- ex- already existed, um, you know, you had a belief system that, you know, things were not that way. And as soon as you noticed that, oh, wow, there's this whole world out there of personal development and self-help. Now your brain is trained to look for more of the same. So it's, it's just interesting because the environment that we grow up in really does point us in and lead us down this, this, this path. And so, you know, fortunately uh, you do have a little bit more of it happening where it's going to wake up people who weren't Uh, you know, weren't, uh, didn't have the advantage and the benefit of just being naturally exposed to this when they were growing up.
2: Like growing up in the 90s, I never saw commercials for it. Most of the commercials were about some new soda, you know, some newfangled toy, (laughs) this extreme that. you never saw like I, I just the other day i was i saw a commercial for an application that's about um sleep meditation to help you, mm-hmm. to help you sleep. was it yeah
3: probably calm or headspace or yeah, something calm. like that yeah,
2: headspace that was the one that was yeah i was, was on youtube it was headspace so um like just seeing commercials for it even like impresses me in that sense that it's like you know it's not some new energy drink or you know
0: <laughs> that that does have me kind of curious what do you think uh hypnotherapy provides that meditation can't so the
3: but- the, the way that I distinguish between meditation and hypnotherapy is with hypnotherapy, there's a little bit more of like a, um, intention and a formal induction, uh, to go into trance and then, uh, suggestions are implanted at, at you know, the deep level of mind with meditation. And it just really kind of, there's so many different styles of meditation out there that sometimes a lot of the meditations out there, these guided meditations, when you hear guided meditation and it's followed with, you know, some sort of a formal induction, well, it really is actually the same thing as self-hypnosis. They're just calling it meditation. I think because people, people just have this this um this this predisposed idea about what hypnosis is but it's almost the same thing as meditation the way that a lot of these apps are doing it's way um it's meditation
2: like word, oh sorry it's go like ahead they hear the word hypnosis and they think like sham but then they hear the word meditation and they think like oh that's zen that's well, <laughs> exactly you know, I can meditate.
1: Mm. i've actually started to hear uh, mindfulness it's called mindfulness now and yeah. I- I know because we were listening to, uh, on your app that you have to one of the things and they were, they were going, uh, the hip, uh, what's it called? Hypno, uh, hypno, I have it right here. Hypno talk, hypno, what's your app name?
3: So it's, it's actually called hypno cloud. Hypno, hypno cloud. cloud. There we go. Yeah. My,
1: <laughs> I literally haven't died. I've been listening to it too. Oh,
3: but, thank you. Oh, but, thanks. But my thanks wife for...
1: pointed out that like that we were listening to something like, Hey, that's like the same exact words that my, uh, that my therapist used for, um, uh, mindfulness.
3: Yeah, mindfulness and mindfulness thing. is really it, it, so so many. There's all these terms uh, that kind of get loosely thrown around that you know a lot of people they don't know what any of these things actually mean. So mindfulness actually means you know just your uh, just the awareness of everything that's that's going on and without reacting to it. So much of uh, meditation to me is all about just like accepting and allowing. Um, you know, and, and being at peace and, and being calm and centered in any situation. It's really you're training your mind to uh, you know, to accept and to respond rather than react. Because when we react to something, we don't really have any control over it. We're just kind of like, Oh, you have an itch and you scratch it. And that, and that happens. But when you go into like a say a mindfulness meditation, you're really training yourself to not react like, Oh, I have an itch. And then you just put your mind on it. And and the itch kind of magically goes away because you're, uh, you're just noticing that everything, everything changes, nothing is permanent. And so when you go into meditation, just for the purpose of of practicing uh, mindfulness, you can, you're strengthening your, your mind because everything ultimately begins with the mind. So if your mind is just darting all over the place, which it does, which every everybody, you know, we think t- 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts in a given day. So we um, you know, we're, we're just constantly exposed to, you know, data all the time. And if we can train ourselves to Think about things a little bit, you know, before somebody cuts you, you know, when somebody cuts you off in traffic, you know, rather than just automatically reacting by giving them the finger, you know, which we all want to (laughs) do, you know, if, if you, um, just allow yourself to say, Hmm, that was interesting. (laughs) And that's, (laughs) and, and then you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have a better day. I think everybody at the you know, like everybody feels somewhat bad. They may not admit it, but you feel bad when you've reacted. And it's like, well, you know, that's about them. It's not about me. I mean, that's their bad driving skills. You know, I, you know, and so being mindful is gonna help you uh, just to deal with all of life stressors because we're all going to have them. and um, And if we can navigate through all these crazy times in a peaceful, calm, mindful way, rather than a reactive way, uh, then we're just going to be able to get through life much, much easier, much less stressful and feel happy and peaceful, which is what we all want. You know, we all ultimately want to feel, you know, peaceful. That's, that's why people take drugs. (laughs) That's why people (laughs) do anything. You know, that's why people, we drink beer and wine and coffee, you know, because we think it's going to make us feel a certain way. (laughs)
2: um I've been to therapy a whole bunch in my life and if there's one thing that that really like has always annoyed me is uh somebody who uh who fakes having mental illness in order to get attention because I've always told like well I've, I've even I've even met people who fake it to the point of paying for therapy sessions for themselves and I and you know I feel like in my head like you just took up an hour an hour that somebody else who really needed it could have because you wanted attention do you do people in your occupation have to watch out for fakers as well there are people who who come just for the attention just for the just for the connection
3: you know uh, well first of all um it kind of depends i mean that that doesn't happen as much in my industry because we all charge uh money for what we do. And so (laughs)
2: thank you. I was gonna bring that up too because I've talked to a therapist and he told me that was his exact opinion. If they want to pay the money, let them, you know. Yeah. That was his opinion
3: on it. (laughs) Exactly. And you know the thing is is that um money motivates people to change. I mean that is one, you know, so so if somebody's gonna just, you know, um pay a small amount of money to, you know, to come in and not get anything accomplished, you know, that, you know, then that's sort of between them and that therapist. But I don't really find that too often. I do find sometimes, you know, people just, you know, they'll, they'll start a uh, start a long email conversation back and forth because they, they need that attention. And usually at some point you just kind of have to get people to like, okay, you know, this is the next step in, in this process. And your next step would be to, uh, you know, go through, um, you know, setting up an appointment and, you know, cause I offer, you know, we all offer plenty of free things. I mean, I have hundreds and hundreds of YouTube videos and TikTok videos and you know, helpful podcasts and, you know, there's, the help is actually all available um, these days. Like anything you need, you can read it in a book you can watch it on YouTube. You can listen to it on a podcast. You can download uh, free information, but what you pay a professional to do when you, when you come in and you pay a professional um, is for them to organize it and, and, and tailor it to your very specific needs, because all of the stuff that's out there, that's for free, it's general. And so when you come and you you actually have an appointment with with somebody, you know, they're able to look at you objectively, they're able to hold up a mirror and, and they're able to, uh, you know, help you to navigate through things that you just have blind spots about and you can't necessarily uh, see that's going on with you and, you know, and help ask you the right questions and take you deeper. Um, and, you know, and, and quite frankly, it's much easier just to, to, um, you know, to find these things through somebody else being able to, uh, to help organize and structure it all for you.
2: That was one of my biggest pet peeves growing up was the, uh, there's, there's tons of kids that do it. I mean, it's not really that they're like bad people for doing it, but you know, faking mental illness for attention has always just been one of my pet peeves because, uh, ever since the age of 12, I've been in and out of therapy. I've had psychologists, I've had doctors, you know, it's not fun.
3: No, no, it's definitely not. It, and, you know, I, it, I, I can't really speak to that. Cause I don't really get, a, I'm I don't really get a lot of people who, um, who do that, uh, that, but I can understand how that, you know, that definitely would be very annoying that they're taking up valuable time, valuable space. And, you know, it's just another form of, you know, people uh, feeling entitled to something and, uh, you know, and, and, and needing attention and they didn't get the attention that they needed when they were growing up. And so this is how they have learned, you know that's how they've learned to to cope that's their coping mechanism
1: now uh we mentioned the uh the app earlier um uh, i guess I, I kind of have two questions perhaps but uh i guess what's uh what was the pro what was your mindset of going into the app world as well as what's the difference between uh doing uh the sessions through the app compared to being in person like is it uh, as helpful do you find uh, it different Div- different differentiate well you know what i'm <laughs> saying
3: <laughs> so, so my thinking it was really, there wasn't like, honestly, I'm kind of one of those people that, um, I just, once I get an idea in my head, I just want to do it. And I had so much content and I, I honestly, it, it did take a little bit of contemplation because, you know, all this content on my website, um, you know, I sell for like $29 a pop or, you know, sometimes, you know, there's, there are hundreds of dollars. If there's a, Um, whole bunch of sessions that you get that are all related. And so, you know, it did actually, I did have to go through a little bit like, oh my God, I'm offering my whole library to people for $10 a month. I mean, that's like a huge difference in in price. And, you know, am I going to lose you know, it was, it was a little bit of like, ah, and, but I wanted to do it because I really wanted to, um, make it, you know, that much more accessible to, uh, to pretty much anybody. I mean, anybody, anybody, and you're lying to yourself if you, uh, can't afford a $10 a month subscription, because like literally the app could change your whole relationship with money. Um, if you listen to, uh, cause I primarily focus on abundance and helping people to grow their abundance mindset. So like, you know, you put the investment of $10 a month um, into this app and you listen, and you know, you're gonna be able to find new ways to uh, produce the kind of money that you would support having apps like this and much more. Um, so I wanted to make it really affordable uh, to people. And there were already so many other uh hypnotists out there doing it. And I had a much larger library than most of most of these other hypnotists. So I just wanted to, you know, give access to the most amount of of sessions. And now we're in the process. Um, I can't really reveal um exactly what we're doing in the name, but we're we're in this whole uh rebranding, um, new name of the app. Everything's you know gonna be happening. We're gonna have yeah, there's a lot of new changes coming up in the, in the fall. And I'm Speaking super excited Speaking of having about a that.
2: large library, I'm looking right here. You have six books.
3: I have, yeah, I have like, um, I, I have four that I've written personally. I think I'm in a, a collaboration with a couple of those other books there. All
2: right. Mm-hmm. Cause there's the, the practical law of attraction. Mm-hmm. There is the attract good luck, learn how to control yeah. your life and get what you want. Mm-hmm. Ultimate weight loss power. Yep. How to manifest your soulmate using the laws of attraction. Yep. Unscripted how entrepreneurs leap and find success.
3: Yes. That's, that's the one I'm in the collaboration book. Uh, That's a, yeah. uh, Oh yeah. And then uh,
2: practical laws of attraction, weekly manifest planner, 2000, that you're also in the.
3: (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's, I forgot. Yes. (laughs) That's actually. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so the, and i put so much work into that that uh that planner too and so yeah and we're you know we're getting to be about halfway through 2022 so i'm gonna be releasing the 2023 planner in the in the fall but yeah that um that's another one of my babies and
1: i'm uh, so a lot of the uh pra- i like i like this practical law of attraction um and i've I seen yet you, you have some sessions too on the app about attraction and stuff like that uh uh, what what is all that about? That that's more of like a um, relationship uh, stuff. Is that if, a...
2: if, oh, if I can? I think isn't the laws of attraction that you um, you visualize the things that you want, the things that you want to come to you, okay? And and then by visualizing and setting set. Oh man, I, I feel like I'm off on it. Am am I, <laughs> am I describing it wrong?
3: <laughs> You're. You're definitely on the right track. So the law of attraction is essentially, and, you know, you mentioned relationships, but it can really be used for anything, but essentially it's that, you know, you're, you know, whatever you focus on, um, you will eventually attract into your life. If you focus on that on a, you know, constant basis, but it's more than just focusing on it. I mean, it, you know, it is, um, because I'm a hypnotherapist. I, you know, definitely talk a lot about the subconscious mind. So a lot of that's where a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people that work with the laws of attraction and why it doesn't work for them is because they haven't gotten this piece. They haven't gotten it themselves to believe it at the deepest level. That is the, probably the biggest challenges for most people is they believe something with their conscious mind, but they don't believe it with their, their subconscious mind. So they grew up say with limiting beliefs. So they grew up thinking that um, you know, there's not enough men or women you know available in the world or they grew up thinking um, you know that you you, you know you, you get old at 60 and you die and you know they, they have these these beliefs, things that they they grew up listening to and so um, that's why I kind of merge the whole idea, the whole premise of law of attraction with getting your subconscious mind on board with this because your subconscious mind is so powerful and it can help you to manifest these things. But, um, and then it requires taking action. And that's another missing piece, uh, with people is like, you know, they, they see the movie, the secret and they, they think that like, Oh, you know, your wish is my command. And I'll just, I'm just going to think about and think about and think about this, red Porsche showing up in my driveway one day, and one day it's just going to be there. And well, it's not going to just one day be there. Um, What happens is, you know, as you, you know, if you think about this long enough, you're going to, you know, eventually you got to start to feel something, you know, eventually it's going to, You know, have you like, wow? You know what? Maybe that is, maybe that's a possibility for me. And once you start to like really buy into, you know, this is this really could happen. This you start to actually start to get that 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 sensation, that feeling, that emotion. That's going to drive you to start to like take some action on that. And you know, and and that's going to like you're going to receive ideas. You're going to receive intuition. You're going to receive insight. You're going to meet somebody and they're like, Hey, you know what? I just happened to be selling, uh, one at a really good deal. And it's like, Whoa, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. And, you know, it's kind of strange how like I manifested a million dollar house. And now it's not exactly a million dollars yet, but here's, here's what happened. I I'm just going to tell you the story because like, this is, this is how it happens. So probably about five years ago, I decided that I wanted to manifest a million dollar house and every night, like, you know, my husband kind of thought I was crazy that we were going to do this, but, um, every night, you know, I'd fall asleep watching, looking at my iPad. I was looking at dot uh, realtor.com and I would just scroll through and I would look at all these, these houses and and really just uh, you know, thinking about the one that I would want. And we would go on hikes and I'd be like, isn't it gonna be great when we get the million dollar house and it's gonna be like this, and it's gonna be like that and all the things. And so what happened was about a year and a half ago, uh, we, this was right in the middle of COVID. This was July of 2020. <laughs> And, um, and we get, a an, a text from our landlord saying, oh, we're going to have to kick you out of the house, uh, kick, kick you out. And it's like, oh shoot, you know? And <laughs> so our lease was going to be up in November of that year. And so, um, so we just said, I immediately like, okay, you know, maybe this is time, maybe this is the universe telling us that it's time to go ahead and buy the house. So we went and we got pre-qualified and like literally within the next uh, week or two, we were making an offer on a house. Now at the time, the house that, that we made an offer on was just a little bit over $500,000. And cause I just calmed down. I said, okay, well maybe, you know, right now we're just not in the, in the, uh, you know, we're not ready for the million dollar house, but the house that we ended up buying, um, you know, was everything like that. I had said that I wanted like in a million dollar house, like it's over five bedrooms, it's five bedrooms plus my office downstairs. It's four bathrooms. It's 3,300 square feet. It's everything that I wanted in a million dollar house, just didn't pay a million dollars for it. And you know what? As of last week, I mean, the, the real estate market has gone through the roof. It's like $850,000 now. And you can see their trajectory. Like I'm going to be telling another story a year and a half from now. I'm going to say like, this is a million dollar house because of the, and so, you know what? I bought a million dollar house. I just bought it on sale.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just bought (laughs) it
3: So you never know how the universe is going to, but you know you can see all the steps that I went through. You know I thought about it, I got excited about it, um, I got you know something kind of happened out of the blue that that we weren't expected expecting, and I took that as a sign from the universe that like you know when it's time, I took action on it, and and here I am now um, doing you know the manifestation part of it, which is like i'm acknowledging it, and I've received it and and I'm grateful for it and every day I walk through here and I'm like, "Oh my God, this place is amazing! I love it. you know I walk into this this studio, which is like some something that I was like really, really wanting like this amazing studio and it's like, now I have this amazing studio and I walk in here, and it's like this cute little chandelier, and all these you know it's, it's just like so cool in here
2: <laughs> um. Since you deal with hypnotherapy and the the subconscious, do you feel guys like uh, Tony Robinson are merely? Uh, is it more of a money thing with Tony? Because no. I've watched some of his stuff and he seems real aggressive with people in their their conscience, not their subconscious. He seems real aggressive <laughs> with people in their conscience. You
3: know. So- So I um, I've never seen Tony Robbins in person, live and in person or, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, so he uses, um, a, another modality called NLP neurolinguistic linguistic programming. And he just, you know, it, they, they both really work on the wiring and the subconscious mind, uh, the same way that hypnosis does that just works. It's actually more like conversational hypnosis. It's like a waking hypnosis, it, it, the way that he speaks to somebody. Um, it, it actually gets through because he's really learned the art of communication. And, and when I say communication, it's really understanding uh, really quickly how somebody needs to receive information, like understanding the the, the language that they speak, because we all speak these hidden languages that, um, you know, that, that, you know, nobody really, really understands unless you study this stuff. And so he understands how a person needs to hear something in order for it to get in. And he's just, you know, I like, I understand NLP myself, but like my brain is just not um, necessarily quick on my feet to like really pick up all of those little nuances and, and speak to that. Like he does this day in, day out, day in, day out. And that's why he's like,
2: About about a year or two ago, I I listened, I think, I think it literally the name of the, uh, the the speech, I think literally the name of the speech is called bullshit, Mm. but it's Tony Robinson. And he was going around the room asking people like, um, what is it that you want? And, you know, like one guy says like, Oh, I want to get in better shape. And Tony Robinson Mm -hmm. says, says, like, well, why don't you get in better shape? And the guy says, well, I don't have time. And immediately Tony says like bullshit. Mm -hmm. you you got 30 minutes, right? You got, you got Mm -hmm. an hour, you know, you got however much time you've got. And I noticed like, yeah, he's just seemed like, is that, is that what that is? Is that that whole like learning how to speak and like delivering information in in a way that people need to hear it? Is that what that, 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 that's part of that.
3: You know, it's a little bit of like a calling somebody out on the things that they tell themselves that are excuses. And so I, you know, that's not like my style, but his style does. It's like a shock to the system because most people like nobody ever really, uh, tells them the truth in such a direct and profound way. And so, You know, I kind of look at that as almost like a special gift because it's like, you know, when, when you hear somebody calling you out on your, on your shit, it's kind of like, whoa, you know what? You're right. I mean, we all do have 24 hours in the day, right? Every single one of us, no one gets 25, no one gets cheated out of an hour. We all do have 24 hours in a day. So if you're telling me that you want to make a change in your life, but you're telling me at the same time, you don't have time. It's not that you don't have time. It really is not. It's that you won't make the time that something else is a priority, something else, you know, some you've, you've gotten out of alignment somewhere along the path. You've made something else, your priority. You did not sit there and plan out your life in such a way that is, directing you toward what you say that you want. And so I agree with that. I actually do I I do agree with that. I think he can be you know a little bit off putting a little bit hard uh sometimes but you know oh, for you the most part most sometimes. people <laughs> yeah you know most people I mean they're you know if they're in that audience if they're in that audience there they're paying to be there and they're paying to kind of be spanked a little bit on their limiting beliefs. (laughs) And, you know, and so I, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. That's
2: good. Okay. Thank thank you. (laughs) Um,
1: uh, what, what are like some of the, what are like the top five reasons that, uh, that people come to hypnotherapy?
3: Oh my goodness. So I would say like the top number one reason people come and not necessarily see me because I have, um, kind of a niche that I tend to target, but I would say the number one thing is anxiety. Um, that, that definitely, uh, gets, gets people. I mean, if you are feeling that, angst and that worry and that fear and that all that, you know, it's like, that is, that's generally going to motivate somebody to, you know, uh, call a hypnotherapist so that they can get themselves to feel that calm, peaceful, uh, relaxed state. Um, the next reason I would say is to change some sort of a habit, like, uh, quitting smoking or, um, or, or going, you know, losing weight or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then I would say, you know, the next is like some sort of a personal empowerment, um, reason. So they, you know, they want to uh, succeed somewhere in, uh, their, their business. They just know that there's something inside of them that can do better. So they need to, uh, you know, come for some sort of, a uh, personal, um, you know, personal empowerment. And, um, maybe another, probably number four would be like just dealing with the past, overcoming some sort of issue maybe that they've, that they've had in the past that is like blocking them. Um, so those would be, I would say like the top four reasons and then the rest of them, I mean, like there it's really unlimited the amount of things that
1: hypnotherapy can't uh, I guess we? I guess you might have asked that question I already. Yeah, I, think, I think we covered that. The bipolar already. thing. Yeah. I was gonna say, is there any? Is there any time that you had to? That, is there any time that you've had to dismiss somebody?
3: Oh, um, I have not actually had to uh, dismiss any anyone. Um, the only only time I mean, like way back in the day before I like really just went out on a limb and. Um, you know, made this whole manifesting and law of attraction thing, my niche. And so that's who I, I tend to attract, you know, the entrepreneurs who are trying to, um, you know, figure out how to, you know, how to do that full time um, rather than just part time, you know, side gig type of thing. So that's, that's my niche now, but way back in the day when I just didn't have any kind of, like, I would just see anybody. Um, you know, sometimes like people would come to me for um, you know, like sexual kind of stuff and and it would just get a little bit <laughs> too you know, much. Little <laughs> little too much and and I've seen that know. video. we <laughs> 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 All the internet, man. Come on. <laughs> That's yeah. a hard- that's a whole subsection yeah it's like i know the whole this is, subsection this up. is not what i want to deal with <laughs> oh god jesus christ yeah
2: probably got good money. oh my goodness wow. i always thought i had a pretty voice for the telephone <laughs> oh my goodness
1: uh do you have a do you have a like a, a major success story that you like to brag about
3: oh um that is gosh um I mean, I, there's so many like, like little like testimonials that I get all the time from people about like how they were able to, um, you know, find their soulmate and marry their soulmate. I think that's like one of the biggest things that, that I get often is, you know, people will write me and, and tell me about that or the classic
2: they, movie. You ever get the classic Hollywood movie? Somebody saying like, doc, you're a genius.
3: I will. A lot of times. Yeah. People, uh, you know, will say that, you know, they'll send me emails and tell me like that. You're what is a miracle worker i've had people call me a miracle worker which i you know the it's not me that's doing it you know it's it's the person it's the person in the chair that's actually doing the work uh cuz anybody can make a change you know and you know i just kind of help guide them to you know being able to to find the resources inside cuz it's all inside of you i mean we all have you know, we we're born super self-confident, right? But other people crush that spirit along the way. And so we just have to get rid of all those old those critical voices that crush the spirit. And the spirit's always been there. Yeah.
1: I didn't know if you have somebody who's like, yeah, they came to hypno hypnotherapy for five years and we finally we got through to them.
3: <laughs> finally we changed <laughs> them. I do have a person right now that's been, you know, been seeing me for, for a while on some social anxiety issues and um, you know, and we're, you know, it's been, you know, it's been a little bit of a, um, you know, it's been a little bit of a work, but we're like, we're so close. We're so, so close. And so he's going to be definitely one of those um, kind of like, you know, Success stories. Ma- yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, but I have them, you know, I have them in, yeah. you know, people, um, you know, they, they, they get what they, they get what they came to do. And so I consider them all ultimately a, uh, a success story.
1: Uh, I'm just trying to think about my anxiety. Like, how could I get rid of my anxiety? It's like, I, I wonder how like easy it would be for hypnotherapy to clear me of it.
2: Oh, <laughs> that's why I asked the questions at the beginning. Um, I got too many mental problems. hypnotherapy <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, wouldn't oh, work. Oh my goodness, that's um, just that's just that's just life being me, man.
1: Oh, whatever.
3: Yeah, uh, Yo, you know the here's the thing about anxiety. I mean, it's like you're never ever going to be like um, you can't actually get rid of it, you know, like, but what you can do hypnotherapy can help you to tap into resources to deal with it, you know, whenever it it comes up and then it can also minimize the, so it can make it happen less and less. Um, you can, you, you will learn how to, um, you know, how to deal with those old triggers, when that used to make you anxious and, and, and learn what those are, because we all have like triggers that, that can, uh, to bring it on. And when, you know, here's like the, the key thing, when you know that you can control it and you can manage it and you can calm it down, then it tends to like, not bother you as much because you know, when, when people feel anxiety, they feel like they're completely out of control and they can't do anything about it. And, and sometimes people actually feel like, you know, they could die, um, and, and they feel helpless. And so when you learn to, uh, you know, to change your relationship with the anxiety, then it just becomes something that's much, much more, um, manageable, and then you know, then it happens less frequent. But you know, it's it's not something that you know you can't make make you know you can't wave your magic wand and just like make it go away forever. Um, it and so much of it too, I I believe it you know just has to do with your uh, your perception of what you see happening uh, that's causing that to happen, and so changing your perception is just another thing that we are able to do in in hypnotherapy with that
1: very cool uh we have i i have a i guess i have a, i have a classic question to ask you then we're gonna go we're we have a uh, we ha- we we post uh uh listener stuff in a in a discord and uh, everybody agreed on one question to ask and someone posted a question like yeah ask that ask that ask that and then, <laughs> okay. and, then uh, and then we'll follow it up with uh with final questions and whatnot but uh, uh the classic question we asked
3: uh
1: creed or nickelback
3: oh definitely well, i'm more nickelback i would say i <laughs> love both of them though that's a tough that's a tough question but definitely <laughs> i would favorite
1: favorite nickelback song
3: um oh what's that one I, it's been so so long since um I, I used to actually sing this song all the time in uh karaoke i'm literally <laughs> um d- give me give me a couple of songs um by Nicholas. Um, how you
1: remind me uh bad Photograph. bad uh, um, uh hero
3: sorry oh, yeah, hero oh
1: rock star they rock do rock star, star. they do um, uh
3: oh it was that one um um, it was, no. oh gosh. Um, well, anyway, the one that I actually have on my phone right now has got to be someone got to be somebody. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah. That's, um, that's, um, nobody knows. Nobody yeah. It's knows. called God-
3: gotta be somebody they gotta, they be gotta be somebody, somebody. Gotta be- <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the one that's uh, on my phone it's not the one i used to sing all the time at karaoke but
1: <laughs> now the uh the question our our listeners wanted to ask you
2: <clears throat> we apologize beforehand
1: do your do your powers work on animals
3: oh you know what i have three cats and i would definitely say they do Um, and, and you can, but it's, it's different, you know, it's like, it's, it's, you hypnotize people or things or animals in different ways. So I can hypnotize my cat just by, um, you know, petting him in a very specific way, or like, like, I know that he'll go into trance. If I start, you know, doing, doing this under his neck, you know, I can, I can create, the state, and that's ultimately what hypnosis is: mm-hmm. is creating the state that you want um, at will. And you so I, the, guy in the
2: hat, I can do <laughs> it with uh, one of our dogs. We call her Rosie. Yeah, I can do it with Rosie. All I gotta do is put my nose to her forehead, cock <laughs> my eyebrow, and she's paralyzed. She can't move.
3: Yeah, uh, I've talked yes. her that. I
2: tell her every time I put my forehead to her forehead, I say, "You're paralyzed. You can't move. You're you're frozen," and she just sits there
3: yeah look it up on youtube too you'll see people like putting bunnies into trances oh, wow. and putting dogs and and you can absolutely do it uh with animals now can you get them to you know like change their subconscious mind nah that's kind of they're not intelligent yeah. enough yeah, The that beer one.
2: drinking degenerates I wanted
3: to
1: have to wait on that <laughs> i wanted my cat to bark like a dog i'm so mad,
0: <laughs> so mad.
1: <laughs> but uh Uh, Earlier in the podcast, you mentioned, uh, you know, training and whatnot. Um, What, what, how do you, how do you get training to become a hypnotherapist? I mean, you go to the local shaman, is there, you know, know, like, like, is there, like, you go to school for it? Like, I, I, I never seen no hypnotherapy in, in college, I guess, is what I'm trying to say is like, well, how, how does one get the proper training to not be just, uh, um, uh, was you? What do you? What do you? What would you call it? Somebody that's a, a fraud, a charlatan. Right. Charlatan.
3: Yeah. So there are uh, there's lots of dis- different um certification trainings uh, where you know uh, hypnotherapists that are trained to train other people how how to do it. And uh, one of my colleagues, uh, Richard Nongard, Jason Linnet. I'm just kind of giving them a little um. What's the word I'm looking for? Shout out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's, you know, there's lots of schools, um, you know, that you can, uh, that you can find online that you can go to in person or these days, virtually and, and get yourself properly uh, trained as a, as a hypnotherapist.
2: Well, Well, if if I've been keeping everything correctly, I'm, I'm saying that we just about hit our one hour mark. On yeah. this interview
3: <laughs> pretty much <laughs> pretty so, much
2: uh do you any of you guys have a uh,
1: final question you got a final question you got final questions um <coughs> got my one out
2: <laughs> um if i had a final question mm. are you worried that one day there will be too many uh, hypnotherapists, motivational speakers—you know—are are you worried that one day it's going to become what's the term? The market's going to be um, oversaturated. Over, over oversaturated. Saturated. Are you worried about oversaturation in the future?
3: You know, so that's a really, really good question. And I want to address that because that is one of the common concerns of a lot of hypnotherapists. They'll say, oh, there's, there's too many, but the thing is, I don't think you could get too many people that, that do this. And the other thing too, is I've learned to like really specialize in niche that if you, if you understand your, who you want to work with and you, you offer your own unique way of making that transformation, you will never go out of business. You will always have plenty of, of business. And I just come from the abundance mindset that there's always plenty to go around. If your intention is clear on, you know, who, who you want to help and you know, who you want to serve and, you know, and you become the best at what you do in your own special, unique way. No one does exactly what I do. Nobody has my voice. Nobody writes my exact scripts. Uh, No, no other hypnotist uh, has my exact take on how to use the law of attraction and has my same story. So I'm A unique person. I'm not just a hypnotherapist. And so I don't believe that there's ever going to be, you know, too many of us. And, you know, not everybody's going to um, want to to do this. So, anyway, no, I'm not worried about that at all.
1: Well, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything that you would like to plug, mention, or discuss that we might have left out that uh, you would like to chat on before we uh, conclude this?
3: Um, I would just like to say, well, first of all, thank you guys so much for giving me the opportunity to be on your show. This was uh, really amazing. And, you know, I was, um, you know, I I was wondering what I was going to get with uh, a podcast that has the word beer in it.
1: I know. (laughs) I <laughs> know uh, we get shadow banned all the time on Instagram and stuff and everything's I
3: think it's I think it's amazing. You guys are fun. You ask intelligent questions and it sounds like you know your audience is really cool and 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 likes you know, obviously they, they wanted to know more about this as well. So I just really want to, uh, you know, thank you guys and acknowledge what you're doing. I think, you know, I think you're making podcasts fun. And so I, I really enjoyed it <laughs> and um, just, you know, a couple other ways that people can get access to me, you know, like you had already mentioned my hypno cloud app. Um, they can get access to me on my, my website, Victoria M Gallagher. That's where, you know, they can find all the things. And then, um, I don't know when this is going to air, but I am doing a seminar live, um, in-person seminar in, at the end of July. Um, that's for three days called the law of attraction intensive. And, uh, that's where somebody can go, you know, kind of like 20, Two years ago, when I went to a, a similar type of seminar where I totally changed my life, um, this is the kind of thing that happens there. I've done this uh, the last three years in a row, and uh, people come away with amazing, amazing changes in that. So, if any anybody in your audience wants to, uh, you know, find that, that's at uh, LawOfAttractionIntensive.com. Yeah,
1: you actually reminded me of a question. My a uh, uh, last question I need to ask that's uh, kind of silly but <laughs> but uh uh do you happen to be a part of a watermelon smashing family <laughs>
3: no gallagher no <laughs> no i and plus i married into the, the oh you married homemade. into the
1: watermelon smashing I yeah. okay
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they, I haven't seen any watermelons so far, and we're gonna be okay. celebrating <laughs> you our get that a lot
2: or no? Is, is that a black I, sheep? Is that what it is? <laughs> is
3: I it get what... um, I do get that, and then there's some other show with the last name, the Gallaghers. I've never seen. Oh right. but <laughs> I'm not associated with any of those <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show uh it was it was a pleasure i hope you had fun as you said i did and, and uh i and, uh, hope to hope this year everyone check out uh the HypnoCloud app check out the links that she provided we'll probably have it in the description below you can uh check out everything that she just said and it was fun having you
3: yes yeah, so it was fun to- being on the show <laughs> thank you so much i really appreciate it
2: I learned something new that day about hypnotherapy yeah, they all learned something new that day. They, they <laughs> did.
1: Hypnotherapy now. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, during that episode, we, uh, we were uh, drinking Ang- Anger Sharks Fruit Punch Sour coming at 6.5% by Martin House Brewing Company.
2: This is made in Texas by Texans.
1: Uh, what were your thoughts on this beer that we were drinking during the episode?
2: I'm going to say it was, uh, it was tangy. It was sweet. It was uh, it was sour. Very oh. good, very good. The, yeah, very, uh, not
0: so fruit punch, but very good beer.
1: Uh, it had, I mean, it had fruit it had in fruit it. Fruit
2: punch when it was cold. I will say, yeah, that when it warmed throughout up. The interview, it warmed up, and it just became like
1: sour. Which now I'm worried about. I I brought this out. It's kind of warmed up. So let's hopefully that uh hopefully doesn't affect it much.
2: I don't know. It'll probably still be good.
1: Probably still be good. But
2: anyways, the uh, the second beer of the day pink lemonade sour ale with lemon and raspberry
1: also by martin house brewing company this comes at 5.2 percent in by volume
2: the last one was how much six six so this is a little weaker a little weaker but bigger bigger can so
1: <laughs> is it the same <laughs> is the extra ounces the same you know i cracked it open i instantly smelt uh sour well it's because it's heated up or what but Instantly a sour Very smell. sour. Mm. It smells very tart. sour. Tart. That's what it is. It smells tart.
0: Ah, tart and sour. Pink
1: lemonade. So uh, I guess we're looking for the pink. What makes pink lemonade pink? Uh,
2: not strawberries. The, the addition of berries. Is that what it is? Yeah, usually. I
1: mean... Like, what berries is... is I is mean,
2: lemonade's usually yellow, so, yeah. you know, red and yellow make orange, but I guess in the right mixture, it makes pink. Yeah, it,
1: uh, well, that's why I'm trying to... Because, you know, I, I've always...
2: <laughs> that's not pink, though. Pink? No, it's not. That's not pink at all. It, it, it's a there's a maybe a hue to it i don't know like a, it, it, it's like a straight up like beery color crimson amber color
0: yeah
1: amber color so pink it's not lemonade
2: pink. was never
0: exactly supposed to be strawberry lemonade you know
1: what well, what no I, is is that what they put in minute made pink lemonade what's minute made pink lemonade
0: no fucking clue I don't could look it up but I, I feel like
1: lemonade and pink lemonade taste almost identical pink lemonade slightly not as uh acidic
2: so probably because the beer. So was, it just
1: smells. Probably tart. because
2: it was warmed up. There is no head.
1: Oh yeah, no head.
2: No head at all.
1: That that should. I mean, if anything, the heat should make the head even crazier. So this is right? a
2: very low head retention. <laughs> because because a great head, and I'm I'm used to some pretty good
0: head on the show. We all are. Right oh there. yeah,
1: but well, look at it, it is bubbly though. Look yeah, no, at it's
0: straight up bubbly.
1: His is bubbly, and mine mine's not as bubbly. Anyways. Uh, you guys want to try this beer? Oh, yeah, let's
0: try it. I thought we were supposed to talk about, oh, we did. I don't remember. Just tastes tart.
1: Maybe lemon. Maybe, maybe there's lemon in there. There is lemon in there. Pink lemon? I don't know. I, oh,
0: yeah, no! Oh, yeah, yeah, On that burp that I just said? Oh, no, yeah, it definitely tastes, uh, it uh, makes you want to Lemonade. the chick-chart.
2: Lemonade's in there. Oh, no, dude. But is it the pink? I'm taking. Dude, this. On that afterburp, on that afterbreath, I'm getting sonic pink lemonade. Woo! Wait a second. Let me go for it again. it uh, on that afterbreath.
0: you got getting the strange words to say uh, one million heats, man.
1: Okay. <sighs> the burp, it's the burp. The burp brings it out. Is that because it's warmed up? is it always there
2: I don't know if it's because it's warmed up what already. is pink I'm mad I'm googling it we got we got to figure this out we got a fact check happening right now what pink. is pink lemonade lemonade Tested on the versus scrolls. lemonade
1: what's the difference in general there's very little difference between lemonade and pink lemonade which you may find a surprise sometimes the only difference in pe- lemonade and pink lemonade is the color Pink lemonade gets swelled well-known color either from a small amount of red dye or from
2: grenadine. grenadine. Ah, I like grenadine. I used to mix it in my vodka.
1: Grenadine is, what, what is grenadine made it out is of? It is a
0: cherry sweet syrup. What do is, you is, mean? is it cherry? What is grenadine? No,
1: I've, I've used grenadine all the time in mixed drinks. I just want to know. I want to be able to give the audience, like, what exactly is grenadine. It's
2: made from pomegranates.
1: Is that what it says right here?
2: Yeah, it says traditionally made from pomegranates. Yeah, a oh, there we go! Syrup.
1: And you said cherries. That's why we had to look it up. That's
0: <laughs> why we had to look it up. Well, the color of pomegranates and cherry simple syrup are both very, very.
1: So That's similar. cool. So it's a, uh, asgrinding subject mineral Its basic flavor profile can be obtained from a mixture of black currant juice and other fruit juices.
0: Oh, uh, black currant is the uh, the equivalent. So it originally
1: it originally comes from pomegranate, but some mix black currant juice with other fruit juices. So it technically has red 40 and blue number one, so that's why you're breaking out.
0: It does uh, have what? red 40.
1: Well, uh, if it has... If it has grenadine. If it has grenadine in it.
0: That sucks, I'm allergic to that. It's a very common food allergy.
1: And now you know, no one's half the battle. What were your thoughts on today's half interview? Half
0: the US, dude, we... half the US knows, damn. <laughs> what,
1: and what... that's half the battle. <laughs> what were your thoughts? On today's interview oh boy uh very lovely lady very lovely i i i feel like i've learned a lot from hypnotherapy in fact we asked that uh the the you know the audience question that was kind of jokey but it was like surprising oh yeah you can hypnotize an animal it's like okay oh, yeah, yeah.
2: because you because you degenerate beer drinkers thought you were so smart <laughs> you really did what, what were you a six-pack in when you came up with that question did <laughs> you use your powers <laughs> on <going> animals <laughs>
0: Did you use your mind? I think we just <laughs> your learned powers. how depressing the state of the average self-conscious is for the United States citizens, and uh, that sucks. Love yourself more, bitches. Do you think that? Um, because we
1: won't. <clears throat> I guess is that all? Do you think the the with the. Addiction of like cell phone technology and like staring at screens a lot and always that you mean the
0: addiction of human contact yeah, that's been around forever. No, but I've, you don't think there's less human contact now? The, no it's just too or much. less
1: physical human contact. Oh
0: there's definitely less physical human contact. It does
1: don't you think that differs from uh, imagine imagine talking shit to Tyler online compared to in person.
0: It would be way easier online. Exactly. So access, but like like ease of being able to say things because he can beat the shit out of me. (laughs) Exactly.
1: So that's what I'm trying to say. Like, what are your thoughts? What are you guys thinking of of the state of mental health when it comes
0: to technology? Do you think that has anything? I think we're forgetting about physical health and uh, me too. What? i'm I'm also forgetting about physical health just as important as mental health they they interact with each other <laughs> i' I'm,
1: I'm just trying to say like like is there is there any correlation to the amount of people needing mental health help more so now than before because no of because
2: because our grandparents were just walking around undiagnosed like a bunch of self righteous jackasses that is true. You know, like, if schizophrenia <laughs> runs in the family, I doubt that there it was a... started with my mom. I'm pretty sure it goes way further back than her. They were just so uppity, hoity-toity Christians that they thought, like, oh, no, there's no such thing as mental illness.
0: Like, It's a lot more common. It was. It was a lot more common, like, at least in my memory, like, five years ago, where they'd be like, oh, that's Jeff. He's just Jeff. You know? <laughs> it doesn't happen so much today because they're like, oh, that's Jeff. He's bipolar, schizophrenic, uh, has anxiety and major depressive disorder, you know, so that's so you know what's going on when he freaks out. But like for me, at least five or six years ago, it was just, oh, that's Jeff. He's an asshole. Don't touch him. Have you guys gained any
1: extra uh, respect or insight into uh, hypnotherapy as, as a whole?
0: Absolutely not for me personally. No. No, I've I've been aware of most of this.
2: Okay. While being aware of it, it is nice to um to have talked to somebody who actually has a uh, a hand in it. Um, yeah. so many of my conversations on things come from while smart people, yes, the, my friends, you know, people that I talk to while smart and to a degree, um, very lacking in experience. On things, so it's good to have uh, the words of an experienced person on that.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really fun. I thought uh, I thought it was a fun, great episode, great interview. It's been a while since we had a really good
2: interview, and that was a solid one. Uh, now we need to get Michael Jai White back on here. I know, well, so that I can tell him how much of a fan of all of his martial <laughs> arts movies I am. Um, and then maybe I might get to suck his dick. <laughs> but uh.
1: But I I want to get them back. I haven't phoned them. I you probably get them back on. I want to get them back on for like a, a special episode. I think we're on episode 465
0: or something. <laughs> ah, damn. If I was only here like 45 episodes before. <laughs> but but I want to do like a crazy like crazy
1: like it would be cool to get them on for a special episode again and uh Man, this this beer's
2: pretty good. I'm going to say that. This beer actually is really, really these, good.
1: These two beers, I think the first one, easier to drink. This one's a bit more tardy, but still good. Tarty to the party. Well, the, uh, the first one is 6%, and it was like, it had that sourness to it, but it was more fruity, you know? This one is, because it's lemonade, it's lemon that's, like, already tart. So it's tart on tart. Tart on tart. And so...
2: uh yeah, there's some tart on tart violence going so on in this glass,
1: and so it's uh, the drinkability of it to me. Yeah, just, I, I, it's more of, it's more sippy. It, d, d, uh, even though it's five percent, even isn't though it's it like, funny let,
0: that the sour ingredients only take like five percent of the ingredient list up, but like ninety percent of the flavor profile up. What? That's a that's a joke about racism. <laughs> oh my
2: god! <laughs> oh my god! Hey, it went over Adam's head.
0: Uh anyways, um uh I guess let's get into rating. What would you rate these two beers? Oh shit. First one, I'm gonna say seven. I'm gonna give
2: the first one a six. Ooh, a six. I'd give it a I'd seven. Buy it again.
0: I'd give it a seven, yeah. The six isn't that bad. Uh second
2: The second one. I'm giving a seven. Higher mm-hmm. Higher, I would give this one. I like I gotta I, give it a six. Myself. I
1: give this one the, the six. I like the aftertaste. Or maybe a five. I like I don't the know. aftertaste. I, like, I don't know if I'd buy this one again. Might I, be too pricey for I like five
2: minutes. I feel like if it was colder, I'd be getting more of that pink. Oh, okay. More of that pink lemonade. Yeah, it did warm up a bit. So this is actually really good to me. Like for me. This is actually really good. Whose
0: idea was it about grenadine and lemonade? What the fuck? <laughs>
2: Um Jesus probably. Probably Minute May. Probably Coke. Oh. Probably good <laughs> For 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 the risk of being crucified by my own, you know, denomination of people. I think it was white people. Who invented pink? It lips. just sounds like such a white people invention.
1: Henry E. Alot invented in nineteen 19- twelve Chicago native. Uh the first he says it is
2: a nineteen twelve New York time. Obituary. Henry. Can we uh, get a picture of him? Uh, yes. Can we get a picture of him? Because if we if we do, and and he's a straight up white guy, I'm just gonna be like, (laughs) yeah, straight up clown.
0: He's a clown. A clown made a white
2: guy and a straight up clown made pink lemonade. A straight up white
0: clown. Old time circus clown. Could have been me.
2: Look at that picture right there. That look at that. Oh, look no. at that face. No, go back to that picture, Adam. Go back to that. Too strong a chin for me. You know that clown has called somebody boy in his life. I'm just gonna fucking put that out there. You know, you know for a fact that that guy has called somebody boy. You know, and in the worst way possible. Come here, boy. <laughs> Won't you go shot my shoe? No, boy? he
1: has a New York accent though, or Chicago.
2: Oh, now, oh. I guess
0: in Chicago like that are totally different. Oh shit, different so, he's like,
2: so he's like that video racist Captain America is going to be like, hey boy, why don't you go get me a lucky strike? <laughs>
0: <laughs> My God.
2: He lived from
1: 1859 to 1912.
2: Yeah, no, this guy was totally a racist. 54. He lived from 1858 to 1912. Totally. No way he couldn't be. No way he couldn't have been a racist. This The guy who invented pink lemonade was a fucking racist.
1: Born in Wisconsin.
2: Oh! Died, Wisconsin.
1: died in Chicago. He was Illinois. from
2: fucking
0: Wisconsin. <laughs> I don't know. I think Wisconsin was one of the free states.
1: This is a subject of So, he may have not actually invented it, but he fucking bottled it and made money on
0: it. He was the guy that was like, yeah, I fucking invented it. He went by Sanchez. Go fuck yourself, Henry. All right.
1: Henry Sanchez a lot no, saying Henry's he acc- he accidentally dropped in red cinnamon candies into his lemonade to discover how uh, the, the to discover the invention of pink lemonade. So what
2: why does the it the taste like a cinnamon?
1: In? Where's what
0: yeah? Why did the if... didn't come in? Where's the cinnamon go? What? <laughs> where does pink lemonade? Where, where is this that pink lemonade?
1: uh books god damn it what is happening here
2: exactly the, the origin of <laughs> wow. pink lemonade has been hidden by the fucking powers Big that pharma. the
1: illuminati is hiding
2: the 13
1: bloodlines <laughs> of oh, pink lemonade they're coming for you pink lemonade if you if you've ever drank in pink lemonade in your life you've been implanted with a chip
2: that is now <laughs> and now Gwyneth Paltrow will always be able to locate your location and tell what mood you are for the proper healing
1: modality, and hypnotize you into into being a candidate. Manchurian candidate. <laughs> Manchurian, Manchurian candidate, a Manchurian candidate. We should
0: have
2: asked her. What's still going we on? We should in have Manchuria? asked.
1: We should have asked her if you can Manchurian candidate somebody.
2: Do you... Can you Manchurian candidate somebody? Can if you I like... walk up to you and I say bread box, can you make a guy just tap, motherfucker right there? <laughs> can you point
0: out Manchuria on
2: a map? You mean Manchuria, China? Yeah, Manchuria, China? China. Can you point it out on a map? I can point out where Mandarin China is. <laughs> is China. Anyways.
0: I mean, good for you, Tyler, but I'm asking the host of the show. Can you point
2: hey, out? Hey, hey, don't ask the white boy questions. We were talking oh.
1: about the history of pink lemonade, hypnotherapy. We had a great interview. Interesting beer, great beer, and everyone loves pink lemonade, I
2: guess. Well, that's just your opinion. Just my opinion, and then that's all we got here: are opinions, opinions and, and beer. We are a million and billion to the for more. A-